Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. And so, man, it's so good to worship with you guys. And I really believe that um, I have something from the heart of the Lord for you today. And so I'm excited because I feel like in part of the, I'll be preaching to myself, um, like always. But um, today I want to talk about um, the culture of the Spirit, which is the culture of the Holy Spirit, the culture of the kingdom, God's kingdom. Okay, and um, and I believe the the one of the things that greatly marks God's kingdom is freedom. And I want to I want us today because we are we live in America, which we declare ourselves the land of the free. And um, and I I don't necessarily want to talk about freedom the way that maybe we as a culture have thought of freedom. But I want to talk to you about what freedom, which is a much better freedom, looks like in God's kingdom. And um, I believe today that the Lord wants to set people free today. I today believe that the Lord wants to set some people free from wrong mindsets, wrong ways of thinking, wrong cycles of thinking. Some of you, some of the things that you have given yourself to because you said, well, I'm free to do that. I believe the Lord actually and and those same things that you are free to do that have actually left you in bondage. I believe the Lord wants to set you, give you real freedom. And so we're really going to define freedom. We're going to talk about, hey, how do I actually walk out freedom? We're going to talk about um, what is what is my role in freedom? How do I manage freedom? And what is the work of the Lord in freedom? So we're going to talk about those things. And uh, but why don't um, how about I, I pray over the word today? I want to pray over your hearts. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you for your word going forth. And um, I just pray, Lord, that we would uh, that well, we we just this morning today we come with hearts of humility. We come and we declare our need for you, our dependence on you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are present. I pray that you would direct and guide every word today. Um, even, Lord, the, the, the words that are on my, my notepad, I pray, Lord, I hold those loosely before you. And I just ask that it be what you want to say. And, uh, and so today, Lord, we just become receptors to all that you'd want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, let me read. Second, if, you, if you have your Bibles or your tablets or your cell phones or whatever it is that you read the Bible on, um, I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. This is in the Passion Translation. And I'd encourage you, if you um, have something to take notes on, take some notes. Um, It says this, now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying this here. He's saying that the Lord that I'm referring to, how many know there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They are all Lord. It's the Trinity. And he's saying this is, so he's saying this, this is the role of Holy Spirit in your life. He says, the Spirit that I'm referring to, the, the Lord I'm referring to is Holy Spirit, and wherever He is Lord, say wherever. wherever. So wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. So today I'm here to propose to you that the culture of Holy Spirit is freedom. 
His presence, the, defi- the, the thing that um, you could say, this marks the presence of the Holy Spirit is freedom. Okay? Um, we can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His very image, and we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And the glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So he's saying this, as we, as the Holy Spirit is pointing us to Jesus, and we see Him, we are becoming like Him. Meaning we are taking on His nature. You follow me? I, I used this scripture last week, but we're going to sit here talking about freedom. And so the culture of the Holy Spirit is freedom. He desires to bring freedom into every area of your life. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I want to take us on a little journey today. I'm going to, as we're talking about freedom, and so just bear with me, okay? As we're going along, you might say, well, what about this? And hopefully we'll get there, okay? And so I believe, uh, I I want to give you four quick things about freedom. I already said this one. Freedom is the culture of the Father's kingdom and His Holy Spirit. The culture of sin is bondage. Okay? Seeing the... The, the difference here is that the culture of the Holy Spirit active in your life is that He is constantly bringing you into freedom. The culture of sin, the, very, what it, the goal, the, the aim of sin is bondage, right? Okay, so number two, freedom is the freedom of becoming who we really are by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So freedom is not the freedom to just do whatever you want. Okay, Paul said this. He said, you are free to do all things, but not everything is beneficial. So, yeah, you're free to do whatever you want. But if you do that, it might not work out well for you, you know. And so, you know, the story of the prodigal son, the father gave his son freedom to make a choice, right? He, he was actually giving him freedom and grace, and the son choose to take his inheritance. The father's heart would say, you're, you're free. Um, let me, I want to give us a little bit of context really quick. I want to, there's this book called The Nature of Freedom, okay? Um, in January as a church, we actually went through this book, and this book is actually written from God to us. Okay, so it's a letter, if you could say, and and I want to read you the opening of this this book. And so you have to take this as God is saying this to us. Okay, he's saying this to you. He says, beloved, when we created mankind, talking about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the greatest possible gift that we could bestow was freedom. Okay, the greatest gift he could give you was freedom. In order for you to be free to choose your way, we had to remove our control over you as a possibility for your life. The essence of control is limitation. The curbing of free will and the the repression of the individual. If you are to be fully made in our image, then you must have the same freedom. Okay, so here he's saying, the Lord's saying, says this, God's saying, in order for me, for you to be able to fully walk in my image, how I created you, there has to be freedom. You actually have to be free to choose me. 
Now, there's some responsibility with that, right? That means that, and we're going to get to this, that means that just because things, look, things, things can go badly in your life for multiple reasons. It could be other people doing things that were out of your control, but I think a lot of times for us it's decisions that we make, yeah. right? And the truth is, is a lot of times I've seen people, even Christians, that we have blamed God for our bad decisions, right? Now, let me, let me read this next part, and then um, I'm going to follow up something with that thought. It says, we knew that freedom of choice would take some people away from our loving lifestyle. We do not wish to control anyone or anything, but rather we want to walk with people through life situations and be in charge, this is important, of the process of redemption. So what is the Lord's goal and his position in your freedom to choose is that he longs to come alongside you knowing that you need redemption and to actually bring redemption to every place in your life. Okay, so the Lord has given us freedom. He has said you are you are free to choose, right? You're actually free to choose sin, which the culture of that is bondage. So there is actually a freedom, a freedom of choice that leads to bondage. But freedom, that's why Jesus said this. He said, or um, I'm sorry, Jesus didn't say this, but um, in Galatians 5.1, Paul said, it is for freedom, a freedom that is already available to you, that Christ sets you free. So freedom is your inheritance. Freedom is what the, the, is the Lord's culture. It is what he has made available. It is his heart for you to live free and free from anything that would produce bondage in your life. Y'all following me? And so it says that it was for freedom that Christ set you free. What did he set you free from? He set you free from sin and its effects. Right? So, Jesus did this. You know, in the garden, Adam and Eve, they had freedom. And and we see that freedom because we see the two trees that God put in the garden, right? The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had choice. He wanted freedom. He wanted them to choose. He didn't want them robots. He didn't want them as like, he, he didn't create you so that you would be just a, um, that you would be enslaved, right? That you would be a slave to anything, but that you would be free. He wanted sons and daughters, and so, of course, Adam and Eve, they chose sin, which led to bondage. But in that, God already had a plan for redemption. He had to make a plan for redemption. So we live in a place where we have freedom to choose, but we have the freedom to choose freedom or bondage. Okay? Y'all with me? We're going somewhere. I'm building up to something. So freedom is your inheritance. It's already paid for. It's already there. Freedom is your choice. For freedom, you have been set free. All right. And I believe this today. This is, this is what I believe that sometimes what the, what the enemy does is he labels things as freedom for you, but they're not freedom at all. Okay? He's a great deceiver. There's something inside of you, I believe, that says, I was made for freedom. I was made to live in open spaces. I was made to choose. I was made to, I've been given that responsibility, right? 
And the enemy loves to paint a picture that is deceptive, and it makes you think, well, this is freedom, but it only lives, leads, to bond, leads to bondage, right? And I believe today that the Lord actually wants to uncover some of those things that we normalize, and we think, well, this is just life. But the truth is, is that it leaves us in bondage, and it's not God's heart for us. If the Word of God is true, which it is, and it is for freedom that Christ set us free, then I believe as God's people that we should be moving towards freedom continually. That we should settle for nothing less. If it was for freedom that he set us free, meaning that Jesus would say, I went to the cross for freedom. I set you free from all of this for the sake of freedom. That's what I made you for. So if freedom is your inheritance, we should leave no stone unturned or where we, we should be looking at our lives to say, where have I allowed bondage? Where have I allowed um, the control? Where have I allowed limitation in my life? And so I need to uncover that so I can submit to the work of the Holy Spirit whose culture is freedom, who is actually the one who is leading me to freedom so that he can change my thinking. Romans chapter 12 says that, um, to, that to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Holy Spirit wants to renew your mind. He wants you to quit thinking like a slave as one in bondage and thinking as one who is free. Okay. You know, the Israelites... It's a great, great illustration. The Israelites were in captivity hundreds of years with the Egyptians. God uses Moses to come and deliver them. Right? And they got out of Egypt, but the Egypt didn't get out of them. Right? Is that they still had a mindset of bondage. So what they had to do, the reason they couldn't enter into the promised land was because they did not believe God. They did not believe Him rightly. So right believing is actually leads us into freedom. Is that our, what we believe, the truth we believe, is actually what is determining whether we are living a life of freedom or bondage. Okay? Miss Ruth's clapping. She's with me over here. And so the Lord wants to change your thinking so that you, have, you can actually exist in his culture, right? In his culture of freedom so that you actually can receive all of the benefits of the kingdom because you are thinking like him. Amen. So I, I want my, I, this is one of my constant prayers to the Lord. It's Lord change the way I think. Changed. You are constantly thought. You are constantly faced, and you are constantly faced and presented with all kinds of thinking and ways of thinking that are not the Lord's ways of thinking. And the Lord doesn't condemn you and beat you up, but He's constantly inviting you in to intimacy with Himself, into oneness with Himself, to say, "Hey, come in." And this is for some. Sometimes. Freedom and stepping into it in our lives is instantaneous. I know people who have had addictions, who have had issues, who have had different things in their life, and in a moment with the Lord, everything changed. And they knew, I will never be the same. Amen? But then there are those times, there are those things in our lives that are walking out. That are being a, it's a process of I'm walking this out. You know, for me personally, is one of the things that's been a constant in my life since a young age is knowing my worth in the Lord. Knowing 
how he feels about me, not feeling a low self-worth. I'm just being real here. And, and I have been on this beautiful journey with the Lord where he will meet me in a place where I think I'm okay. And he'll dig deeper because he's wanting me to see myself the way he sees me. He's wanting my thoughts about him and about myself to line up with his. And so, so my life is a submitting to him to saying, it's not, I don't have to have perfection right now, but I'm heading towards perfection. Okay, I'm not beating myself up because I'm not there yet. I'm just, when something comes up that doesn't look like freedom, I have learned to submit that to the Lord. To not say, well, I just can't get it together. Not to just settle for, well, that's just the way life is. This is the cards I've been dealt. I'll never be, it's, no, it's like, no, I'm coming to him in weakness. In, his, in my weakness, I find his strength. Right? But too many times we allow guilt, condemnation, shame. This is what condemnation does. Condemnation, when you fall short, it says that you are that shortcoming. So if you lied, it's not that you can just, a healthy, a a freedom mindset will say, "Mm, I lied. That was wrong. It was sin. Jesus changed the way I think. That's not me. That's not the best you created for me. I'm not identifying as a liar. That's not me. To whereas the voice of bondage and condemnation, you lie and you begin to say, oh, I'm just a liar. That's who I am. And you begin to, that becomes your identity. It becomes, this is who I am. And that's bondage. It's control. The essence of sin and bondage is, is bondage. It's control. It limits you. It restricts you. It keeps you from wide open living, from being able to be Jesus in the earth. And so I I just want to, I'm like appealing with you today to say, don't let any form of bondage exist because it's not what the Father has dealt you. It's not what he has actually, it was for freedom he set you free. And alongside that, I want to say, you may still be in process of learning to walk in that freedom but how you respond to things that come up that look like bondage is really important. How we respond, right? Y'all following with me? It's good. Anybody receiving? This is okay. So let me. Uh, uh, let's see. Let me bring it in. So the opposite of freedom is control. Control, in essence, is limitation. Um, where we allow sin to have effect, meaning what I was just talking about, the effect of sin is this, is you have identified with sin instead of the righteousness of Jesus. And I want to say this too, is that it is possible to live completely free from sin. It is. In 1 John, he says, if you sin. Right? He said, if you sin. Now, there's this thing of like, you know what, we're always going to have this. Wrong. No, I, I cannot come into agreement with that. I have been made holy by the Holy One. And here's the deal is if, if you do sin, that's what First John says, if you do sin, go, conf- talk, go repent, confess to, to your brothers and sisters to be healed. Why? Because you're free. The only reason that you wouldn't be free because of a a shortcoming, because of sin in your life, is because you gave it place. Genesis 4-7, you will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door. 
eager to control you. So what is the what is the what is sin's desires to control you, which is the absence of freedom? That's limitation. And what I'm saying today is this is not to say, well, hey, if you sin this morning, if you messed up, if you I'm not saying that I'm saying freedom is still yours. But what did you allow the effect of sin to be? What truth have you not stepped into that would allow sin to control you? Because the truth will set you free. All right, we're getting there. I just jumped ahead of myself. That scripture's coming. And but then he says this, it says, but you talking about sin, it says, but you must subdue it and be its master. Mm. You can you can be sin's master when it when it likes to pop up its ugly head, rear up its ugly head, you say, No, you're not gonna dominate my life. You're not gonna dominate my life. You're not gonna control me. Yeah, you you showed yourself. And I actually might have even chosen that in the moment, but guess what? You're not going to dominate my life. You're not, you know, too many times we've bowed down to it. But the gospel, it releases you to live holy. The gospel, the truth of the fullness of the gospel, it releases you to walk free. To not live with a cloud hanging over your head telling you that you are your mistakes. Okay? So, how do we walk in freedom? Right? How do we walk it out? Uh, before I jump into this, this is this is where I want to go. I want to I want to give a few things that can seem like freedom but aren't. Some of, some of the things that in the moment seem right, but the things that can be destructive and the things that can be ultimately lead to bondage in your life. Okay? And I want to say, and, and attached to each one of these things, I want to give the redeeming answer of the Lord to those things. Because I'm not here to give you something and say, hey, you just need to rid this from your life. I'm here to say, this thing can easily creep in and become destructive in your life, but I want to give you the redeeming factor the redeeming part of it, what the Lord actually says about it, okay? So, number one, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking it's going to hurt somebody else. That's what unforgiveness is. It's like, I'm going to show them. It's like, no. And the Lord, the truth is, is that the forgiveness of the Lord is like a waterfall over your life because of the cross. It's continually forgiving you so that you continually forgive others. When you have received forgiveness, it becomes very easy to forgive. Generally, people who don't feel forgiven are the ones who have a problem forgiving. And it's those moments where someone offends you and somebody does something, it's going to happen People can be people sometimes, right? It's part of life. Learning to, hey, I'm forgiven. It, does, it doesn't mean you don't have hard conversations. It doesn't mean you can't have a real conversation like, hey, that wasn't cool. Can we talk about that? But you don't let it come into your heart. So this is, this is what unforgiveness does. It's the same as when you sin and you, like I lied, I call myself a liar. It's when somebody lies to you and you call them a liar. It's you actually become the condemner. Right? And I love how Jesus, because he had the culture of freedom, he goes to the woman caught in adultery and he says, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. He was able to actually release forgiveness 
because he, he lived with the identity that I am the forgiven. I, I, am, I am pure. I am perfect, right? And that's the same identity that you can carry. All right, so number one, unforgiveness. Number two, condemnation and self-hatred. The enemy loves to make you feel like you can, like you can make yourself in better standing with God by beating yourself up for your shortcomings. That's why sometimes that looks like freedom. You're like, if I just beat myself up enough, if I do enough good things, and it becomes all about what you can do and not about what he has done. And you actually, by doing it, what, what's really happening, the moment you don't lean into the love of God is the moment that you become, it, even like self-hatred, that might seem like such a distant, like I don't hate myself. But the truth is if some, some of us with the things that we, we've known, we don't receive God's forgiveness and we don't receive his love, there becomes a part of us that becomes very disappointed in ourselves. When we're not working in the rea- walking in the reality of his love and forgiveness. And so... Romans 8 1 says there there is now no therefore there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Period. There's no condemnation in him. He's always pulling you to himself. Okay? Number three, this is a big one, okay? Self-righteousness. It's when we form our own opinion of right and wrong instead of allowing the spirit of truth to lead us to Christ. We we begin to um we begin to judge people's hearts based on, or we judge people based on their outward appearance. We, we become the judges, right? We become, we, we know, instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us in all things, into all truth, right? And where we become, it's easy to become puffed up. You know, the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love covers a multitude of sin. And so we must, and then there's this place where we must stop excusing our unchrist likeness. I don't even know if that's a word, but you get it as personality flaws or just the way we are. Where it's this, it's like that isn't freedom either. Okay? Where you say, well, you know what? I, my dad was angry, my grandfather was angry, I'm just an angry person. You know, and that's bondage. You have you have limited yourself, right? The very nature of that is that you have said you have belittled who you really are in Christ. You have you, and and so Jesus is saying, if it's if it's me, it, what did you say? He said, I'm kind and I'm gentle. That's who I am. So what does that mean about you? Is that you can be kind and gentle as you walk with Him, as you allow Him to produce that in your life, right? And so don't don't just say, well, you know, it's my personality to be mad at everybody. No, that's not. That's an, that you're 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 that excuse is causing bondage in your life. And that's then this is not to beat you up. This is to say there's better. There's better. The Bible in Corinthians, it says that we have the mind of Christ, meaning this. We have the perception of Christ. We actually as we are walking with him, we see things the way he sees things. We actually, I, and so this, look, we, I, I've said this before, we are, we, we love those personality tests on Facebook, and look, I, I love taking personality tests, right? The, the disc, the, um, they got the Enneagram, they got all these different things, but I do not live by those things. They, they can be good tools. I've seen a lot of people take those tests, and they're like, well, I'm just this person, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to really uh, lean into that one and 
be this, and they become very either passive or ugly or, you know, they, anyways, you, you follow me. The goal is not, the, the, the end all is not your personality. It's Jesus. He's the goal. I'm not saying I know some people are quieter than others. Some people are louder than others. And that's okay. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our character and our nature, that we take on the nature of him. And so I believe that it can actually be bondage when we begin to excuse things that are are, um, in contradiction to the nature of Jesus. All right. Um, So it's his righteousness, not yours. Humility and dependence on Jesus is the key to stay in a culture of freedom. Say that again. Humility and dependence on Jesus. So humility towards Jesus and dependence on him is the key to stay in a culture of freedom. It's this place of saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I can't do it. On, uh, I'm, it's not. I need I need your version of righteousness. I need you, not my own. Right. All right. Number four. We're going to get into some kind of a few nitty gritty ones. All right. Um, substance abuse. May seem in pot, maybe for you, you're in a place where you're like, I, I deal with substance abuse and I can't overcome it. Truth is, 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 is that the culture of freedom? When, when you feel like I need this thing, you know, let, let me just kind of go here, okay? Because a lot of times, um, I'll say it like this, all right? I feel like I could be jumping into a hole right here, but um, maybe for you, you're like, well, I, I need my glass of wine at night. In of itself, that glass of wine, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you whether that's right or wrong. What I am trying to say is, what is your relationship with it? What is your relationship with it? Is it, I need that? I need that. And you can put whatever that is. I'm just throwing something out there. But I'm saying is, anything that takes the place of your dependence on Christ and finding fullness in Him is leading you into bondage. It's not about, yeah. It's not about... Well, what's right and what's wrong? It's, is it bondage or is it freedom? Is it limiting you? Is it restricting you? Are you actually stepping into the fullness of what Jesus paid for for your life? Who wants good things for their kids? If you don't have kids, maybe one day or maybe anyways, we want, I want good things for my kids. All right. And whenever I see them choosing something that's not, you better believe I'm going to tell them and not to beat them up. I'm not going to be like, hey. You're, you know, I'm going to say, no, hey, look, let me, let me help you walk through this. Let me show you why this isn't good for your life. Because there's something, I'm not here to just to tell them why it's bad for their life. I'm here to tell them that there's something better for your life. So the Lord doesn't say, oh, your impurity is just bad. You need to stop it. He says, no, look how good purity is. Come after this. He doesn't, you know, say this is that, you will never punish yourself into purity. And God doesn't take that route either. It is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. It's the goodness where he's saying, hey, come this way. It's better here. It's better. We sing that song, so much better your way, right? Your way is better, God. And so why? Because he, he offers us something better, and he's never withholding. A lot of times, we have just been lied to that we settled for something that we thought, again, is the hand that we've been dealt, or we feel like there's no other option. And I'm here to declare to you today that if it isn't freedom, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't the car hand you've been dealt. It just isn't. It might be what you've been holding on to, 
It might be the, the hand that you've been playing, but it's not what the Lord wants for you. He's got something better. All right. Number five, comparison. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. If you saw yourself the way the Lord did, you wouldn't want to be anyone else. So comparison, where we're walking around, they've got this, they're this, they're, they're in shape, I'm not, I'm a loser, I'm this. Look, I'm all about being motivated to be better and all that, but if it is something in your soul that is making you jealous, that is making you depressed, because you're constantly looking at others and thinking, well, they're this. Look, the only way for some of you, you're like, I've, I've been wanting to I've, I've been wanting to eat better. But your motivation has been, well, this person is eating better, so I need to eat better. And inspiration is great. I know I know there's kind of two sides to this, but I'm saying that there is a part of it in your soul where you become like you, it, it is not for the sake of you becoming who the Lord has made you to be. If that's not the goal, if it is because I need to keep up with somebody, or I'm try, I think that they are better than me, if in your soul you think, well, that's going to make me better. The truth is, is that the Lord, I, I found this this week, okay? I, I, let me I'll just be real with you guys. Um, Thursday night, um, I felt like the Lord told me I need to wake up Friday morning and start reading this book again. I've read it a couple times, and I just began to read it, and it was just washing me with the Word of God is what it was doing. And I, I began to, as I began to be washed in God's love and His heart for me, I began to feel my desires change. I didn't, like there were, and I'm not even saying not to, the, 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 it's almost like things that weren't even necessarily bad for me. It was like I began to desire God's thing for me. Like, God, what's your very best? And it, and it, but it took me live, coming into a place where I allowed the love of God to wash me, to renew my mind, to renew my thinking, to where I actually began to desire good things. When you're not being washed by the Word of God, and He's not renewing your mind, you will have all kinds of desires. Desire always leads to desire. So you begin to encounter good and begin to feed on the goodness of God and allow him to renew your mind and wash you and to show you how he feels about you. You begin to say, wait a minute, I'm starting to see things that are actually good for my life. You see, I was before I was actually feeling pretty. Um, I don't know if this is should say this, but you, you start feeling pretty crappy about yourself, right? It's like a pastor curse word. <laughs> joking. You feel you start feeling bad about yourself and then you begin to want to feed on things because it, that are bad for you because it's what you think you deserve. But time with the Lord where he begins to say, no, this is who you are. This is how I feel about you. It actually begins to change what you want. Change what you're feeding on. Oh, I don't want to feed on that anymore because, man, that doesn't that doesn't look like God. It doesn't look like his best for me. Right? And for freedom. So that's what freedom looks like. Um, all right. I want to, uh, uh, really quick, I'm going to wrap this up with a couple of scriptures. And I want to, how, how do we walk in freedom? 
How do we how do we get into that process in our lives? And, and I kind of just gave a hint on it as far as allowing God to love us. But how does God love us in that way? Galatians. Um, uh, let me see where I want to go with this. Y'all doing good? I feel like y'all receiving this morning. All right. Um, in Matthew, um, Jesus, he's being tempted in the wilderness. He, he, he fasted, sorry, he fasted for 40 days. It says the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. Coming out of his fast of 40 days, the enemy comes and approaches him and begins to tempt Jesus. Now, Jesus is hungry. He is a man, okay? He's fully God, but he's fully man. Okay, he experienced all the things that we've experienced. He, and, and so he's tired, he's hungry. And the enemy comes and says, hey, Jesus, you see this rock? Turn it into bread. Fill that belly, right? And Jesus says this, he says, um, man shall not, he said the word of God says this, is that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Meaning it, it meant this, is that every word that continually comes out of the mouth of God, it was our daily bread. He is saying, so he was coming and saying this, my life source is the daily bread, the word of God, the word of God. I'm talking about that can, that can be your, the Word of God, the Bible. That can be from just sitting with Him and being, relation, being in a relationship, hearing what He's saying for today. When I read the Word of God in the Bible, I used to read it and be like overwhelmed because I was like, am I reading enough? Am I reading too little? What is this? And it was just for me, it was just another thing to do. Now, when I realize it's just about relationship with the Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, where do we want to read today? Where, where do you want to lead me? What, what does daily bread look like today? What is the thing that you are wanting to feed my soul with? What are you wanting to, how, how what part of, what, what are you saying that's going to wash my soul today? What is it today that is going to renew my mind? Jesus was saying this. He said, I live on the continual word of God that's being spoken and renewing my mind. That's constantly bringing me into heavenly realities. That's constantly giving me perspective in life. That's constantly showing me what is freedom and what is not. That's what the word of God is doing. That's what relationship with the Lord is doing is he's constantly saying, okay, let's refine this. Let's change this. Let's tweak this. This, this, isn't, this isn't it. Come over here. This is the better thing. That's what relationship is with him. And that's the Holy Spirit's role in your life is he is leading you into perfection. He is leading you into being transformed into the very image of God. So for freedom, he sets you free. So it is his word, the renewing of your mind. He wants, I believe, for some of you, there are things that you have believed in your life that have been in contradiction to truth, and those are the things that have led to bondage. And the Lord, as you submit to him, let's go back really quick to where we started. Let me read this in light of everything we said, okay? Now, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Where's the place in your life? So, if you're experiencing restriction and bondage and limitation, the proper thing to do is to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to be Lord of this. I need you to be Lord of this. 
I've got an addiction over here. Holy Spirit, I need you to be Lord of this because your culture's freedom. Where you are, there's freedom. Where you are Lord, where you have been made Lord, right? So what do we do with bondage? We make Holy Spirit Lord of it so that we can have freedom. Amen? And it goes, yeah. So, hey, let's stand this morning. That scripture, again, it goes on to say, we are being transfigured into his very image. Whose very image? Jesus. Jesus. All right. And we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from who? Comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. So, I want you to say this. Say, I'm a slave no more. It's truth. You have been set free. It was for freedom. He set you free. Some of you, you need to know that you are free. You're just learning to walk in it. You're learning to walk in it. Look, there's places for me. I'm continuing, look, I'm continually bringing places to the Lord to say, I need freedom here. Give me, how, how do, there's one scripture I didn't read that I want to. John chapter 8, verse 31, he said, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. He, you know what that word continue means? Embrace, it means to make your home in. It means I am making this my dwelling place. I am, I am, this is the place I am making a habitation here. This is my source. This is where I'm choosing to live, is here in truth. So Jesus is saying, if you will continually just plant yourself, root yourself, make your home in what I'm saying and what I'm teaching you, it's going to release true freedom in your life. It's the times in our lives where we have stopped making him our source that we stop encountering freedom. So we're going to do this this morning is I want us to take communion together. And so I'm going to ask the ushers if they would come and they're going to get you the elements. But if you would just stay focused in on right here for a moment as they're doing that is I this morning we are going to have communion with the Lord. We Jesus said every as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. What was he saying? He was saying, I want you to remember what the cross meant for you. I want you to remember what my blood being poured out meant for you. I want you to remember what my body being broken meant for you. Right? Why did he want you to remember? It's because he wanted it. He wanted that to be your reality. Right? He wanted that to be the thing that is marking your life. That reality that his body was broken for you, that his blood was shed for you. I'm going to let these guys finish passing them out.
Is anybody in the room excited about freedom? <laughs> yeah. Um, some of you, you didn't even know this was a thing. You didn't even know. You were like, man, this is, you know, life just what it is. And I just want to declare of you, some of you who have had bondage your whole lives that you've normalized, that the enemy lied to you and told you, again, that he said, this is just what it is for you. You're never going to change. You're never going to be anything different. You're less than. You're not worthy. I believe today the Lord is wanting to come and to speak to that thing, to speak to that thing. I shared this Wednesday night, um, and I just kind of feel I want to I want to share this. Um, because it's relevant. I want to I want to give you a real practical look at what this looks like in our lives with the Lord. Is um, last December um, around my birthday, I was driving and I found I, I realized, man, I'm really sad. And I'm not like a depressed person. Okay, I I I there the, obviously I. And well acquainted with the feelings of depression, but if I were to say of somebody who habitually walked in depression and sadness, that just wasn't it. But I realized while I'm driving, I'm like, I'm sad, and I'm actually kind of feeling depressed, and it's my birthday, and people have been loving on me all day, and I shouldn't feel like this. And as I began to think, I realized, man, I feel like this every year about this time. And so I said, Lord, I went to him. I brought him that thing that I could have said, well, you know, I guess I'm just maybe just depressed. Like, I guess I could have started analyzing, but instead I just went to the Lord and said, Lord, what's going on? I made him Lord in that moment of the sadness and the depression. And I said, Lord, what's going on? This isn't your best for me. This isn't how you made me. This isn't joy, and I know that's who you are. And the Lord told me, he said, John, this is the only day of the year that you can't make it about anybody else. I said, okay, what does that mean? And he began to really uncover and reveal to me that I didn't feel worth the attention, the love, the happy birthday, glad you were born. I didn't feel that. I didn't feel worthy of it. I would have much rather turned the focus to somebody else and say, no, look, they're awesome. They're this. And, and, and that could always come across as humility. But the truth is, it was just I didn't feel worthy of good things. And then the Lord said, John, what, what's coming your way? What do I want for you? What do people want for you? And I was like, I don't know. I began to say, well, I want to teach you. I want to teach you that I want good for you. And most people want good for you. And the truth is, is that was bondage for me because I couldn't actually receive love from God, love from people, because I believed something contrary to freedom. But the Holy Spirit and his goodness and his kindness came alongside me and he walked with me and he said, hey, it's okay but I don't want you to stay here. You can't stay here. There's better. As a father, he came and fathered me really well. 
And today he wants to come alongside you and he wants to father you. He wants to speak to the places that are broken in you, the places that maybe weren't your fault and maybe they were your fault. Either way, he still wants good for you. Either way, he still wants freedom for you. It was for freedom he set you free. It's good news. But so I'm saying this. If it doesn't look like joy and peace, if it doesn't look like life, don't normalize it. Don't settle for it. Don't let it become your diagnosis. Don't let it become, well, this is just who you are. I'm saying this is that you are worthy because of Jesus of every good thing that God has for you. You are worthy of life and life to the fullest. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for restriction. So today I want to declare this over your life is that who the son sets free is free indeed. That you get to go free. You are the free. You are the free to become full of life. I, today, I believe some of you, the Lord wants to break off the addiction to substances, to prescription medicine, to different things. And I'm not saying that loosely. I'm saying I know who Jesus is. I know what he paid for. He just wants to show you that. Some of you, you have lived carrying the hurts of years of stuff. You've been told different things over your life. You've been said, well, you're not this and you're not that. And if it is limiting you, it's not freedom. And today the Lord is saying, come to me. Let me show you the truth. Let me show you who I really am. Let me show you my heart for you. I just want to, I want to keep speaking this because I believe there are some things that the Lord's wanting to chip away at. Like I even feel like there's people in the room that you're just like, well, I'm just not a happy person. I'm not somebody who gets real excited. I'm not somebody who like smiles a lot. I'm not somebody who's able to cry much. And you've just labeled yourself as that. And the Lord's like, ah, come into fullness of freedom. What, who told, like, who told you that? You know, when, when Adam and Eve was in, were in the garden and they sinned and they, they went and they hid themselves. And God came and he said, hey, where are you guys at? Like he knew, you know, he's God, he knew. But he still asked the question because he's relational. He said, where are you guys at? And finally they come out and they're like, we hid because we were naked. You know what he said? He said, who told you you were naked? Who told you that? Who told you something was wrong with you? Who told you that? As a father, he began to stand there and say, who told you that? And at that moment, he began to put in place redemption. You know what he did for them? They had covered themselves with fig leaves. You know what he did? Is he covered them with skin of animals. It was the first time that we see blood shed. It was a picture of the cross. So today, I believe that the Lord stands today and says, who told you that about you? Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you you weren't loved? Who told you you weren't lovable? Who told you you were a mistake? Who told you that you were this? Who labeled you that? Because it wasn't the Spirit of God. If it wasn't His voice, then it wasn't true. 
It, or I can tell you this, it wasn't the reality of heaven. It wasn't what God had in mind from the foundations of the earth. And today he offers you something better. He offers you something better. And I believe today the Lord's saying, will you stop holding hands with that lie? Will you stop holding hands with that guilt and that shame and that condemnation? Will you quit holding hands with that thing? And will you begin to take my hand and you begin to let me walk you into truth, truth that sets you free? Truth that liberates you, truth that instills a confidence where you can stand and say, I am forgiven. I have been justified. I have been made new. The old man has passed away. The old man died. I am a new creation. I am worthy of every good thing that he has paid for me to have. So today, I just declare over you, come out of bondage and step into freedom. Come out of bondage, step into freedom, step into the new life that has already been paid for you. Jesus, I thank you that you are more than enough. You are sufficient. You're the, you're the, what you did on the cross, the finished work, it was enough. It wasn't just a free pass to heaven, but it was life here to the fullest. It was heaven on earth. It was sonship. It was identity. It was confidence. It was boldness. It was purity. It was holiness. You paid for it all. So today, Lord, I thank you that even now that you are breaking off every lie, everything that, that um, those under the sound of my voice have agreed with and held hands with that you never said. There are those in the room today that there, were, there have been words and things done to you even by parents. And the Lord is wanting to fill one, your heart with forgiveness, but he's wanting to speak a better word as a father over you. There were words that were said that you've held to, your, to you because the person who should have released right identity to you didn't. Some of you have carried things and said things and believed things about you because of what was said over you, that was done to you. And I just want to tell you today that there's healing and there's freedom. The Lord loves you. So as we take communion today, we are, we are declaring that what Jesus did on the cross, his body being broken, his blood being shed, this was, this was the price for our freedom. And so when we're communing, we're taking part in freedom. There is freedom, and it's a man named Jesus. And today we're, we are communing with him, with his body and his blood. This isn't just a religious act. This is us coming, and we're remembering who he is in us and for us and through us. So let's take the bread. This is his body that was broken. Anybody ever had any brokenness in their life? Anybody? Anybody ever heard words spoken over them that brought brokenness? Anybody ever gone through some stuff that left them broken? His body was broken for you so that you could be made whole.
It's already what's done for you. It's already what's available. Some of you may need to learn how to wear it. But Jesus, today, we thank you for your body that was broken. I thank you that because you were broken, we are made whole. And so we declare over our past, present, and our future that we have been made whole and that we have been made complete in you. We, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be Lord over every broken place and that you would administer wholeness to our lives. Jesus, thank you for your body. Thank you for your body. Amen. Let's take the bread. His blood is being poured out and shed. As he, as he gave it, took his last breath, as he gave it, he said this. He said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. He said, the thing that needed to be finished, it's been finished. But now I'm about to start working in you. My blood poured out is about to be activated in your life and it's washed you. It's completed something in you. It is renewing your life. It's renewing your mind. It is instilling in you the confidence that you are forgiven and that you've been justified. So Jesus, we thank you for your blood, the seal of the new covenant. It's no longer our rightness, our righteousness, but it is your righteousness that we've received by faith. So today we thank you for your blood. We declare it over our lives. We declare freedom, forgiveness, completeness. We thank you that we are yours. We are your people and you are our God. A good father, kind to us. We thank you for the blood. Thank you that it washes us. Amen. Let's take the blood. Jesus, I bless your people today. Bless them. Thank you, Lord, for your peace and your joy. I thank you for your voice. Holy Spirit, thank you for your activeness in their lives. Surround them. Speak to them. Renew their minds today. Let your word wash over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.